Hello, Sobertown, and welcome to the Sobertown podcast, two for one. We are aboard the Sober Train. I am Polly. And I am Karina. Good day to everybody. And today's talk, uh, I'm going to leave Karina to introduce because she is a lot more au fait with that than I am. So go ahead, Karina. Okay, so we've been, I've been listening to quite a few podcasts and um, a lot of the the things that come up a lot of the time is about how we have misconceptions or, or the public has misconceptions about what an alcohol dependent person is. It's the old sort of vision of the man or the lady with a bag of alcohol under the bridge and homeless. And um, the fact is that that is very, very, that's a, that's a tiny proportion of people that are addicted to substances. Um, actually it is hugely the everyday people in everyday life, holding down jobs, who have homes, who have children, who are addicted to this substance. And when I was working in GP surgeries, we used to do something called the fast audit alcohol tool. Um, and I would do this on myself quite regularly. And I would come out as alcohol dependent and I'd still go home and drink. Um, and it's something that even when GPs do ask us, we're not that honest about. In fact, I had a fun conversation, as you know, with my GP last week talking about blood pressure tablets. And I told him that I was uh, nearly 10 months sober and I hadn't disclosed that to anybody in the 22 years that I was drinking. And um, and I had a really good conversation with him and he asked about how many units and that that I drank. And I said about nine units a night. Now, in the UK, I don't know. Paula, do you have, um, over there we have government guidelines that it should be 14 units should be the maximum amount of alcohol that you drink. For women? If, well, it used to be different for women and men, but about two years ago they made it the same for women and men over here and it's 14 units for women and men here. I don't know, do you have that guidance in the States? They do. They said, I think that's a global guidance though, isn't it? That's, okay. that's, that comes generally that it's two, generally. two drinks for women which is mm. 14 units a week. Um, mm. It used to be one, but yeah. they changed it. Was it about two or three years ago? If not, maybe longer. Yeah. Um, yeah, a- but yeah, it's the same guidelines. Okay. It's the same advice. Because, I yeah. mean, if you look at um, different sites, whatever's dealing with sobriety and alcoholism, it's basically the same, the same so, across yeah. the globe. The globe. Oh, that's yeah. good. It's good to hear. And 14 units really sort of seems quite a lot because a lot of people think, oh, that's one drink, you know. So I thought it'd be um, with this audit alcohol screening tool that I'm going to do, I thought if we just start with what typically units are, because there is a lack of understanding out there, I think, of what they are. So if we look at one unit of alcohol, and typically that is half a pint of regular beer, lager, or cider. So that's just half a pint and one small glass of low percentage wine. Now, let's be honest, we used to go in and look for the highest percentage. 13.5% and and no less. Yeah, and when they class low, they say 9%. That is a low, okay? And one single measure of spirit, a single 25ml shot, that is one unit of alcohol, okay? The following drinks have more than one unit. So a pint of regular beer, lager or cider, is about two units. If you're talking strong premium beer or lager or cider, that is three units. 
Okay. 440 mil regular can of lager or 440 yeah, mil of super lager is 1.5 units. And um, 175 mil glass of wine, which is the medium size we talk over here, is two units. So a bottle of wine has got nine units of alcohol in. Oh, my gosh. Now, a large, I know. And that is 750 mil. So one large 250 mil glass of wine has got three units alone. So I don't know about you, Polly, but I was drinking at least, at least one bottle of wine a night, which minimum. is nine units. Yeah, minimum every night. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a bit frightening when it's 14 is a recommendation. I mean, we yeah. now know that none <coughs> is better, but... That's yes, scary. no. Uh, yeah, when you can't control your alcohol, no alcohol is the best. It certainly is. It certainly is. So I thought then I'd just go through this screening tool um, and look at some of the questions. If okay. I can get my computer to now play ball for people to actually do at home. And they can do this in their own tally and um, give themselves some points and some scores and to look at what they come out with. So... Question number one is how often do you have a drink containing alcohol? That's any level of alcohol. Okay. Never, and that's zero points. Score one point if it's three to four times a month. If it's two to four times a month, you score two points. Two to three times a week is three points. And four or more times a week is four points. Okay. Question two, how many units of alcohol do you drink on a typical day when you are drinking? So if it's one to two units, so that's two small shots, of 50 mils of spirit or one small glass of wine, then that's zero points. If it's three to four units, it's one point. Five to six units is two points. Seven to nine units is three points and 10 plus so we know if you drink you used to at least drink one bottle of wine that's nine point that's three points straight away so how often have you had six or more units if females this does still do the female male bit or eight or more if male on a single occasion in the last year never zero points less than monthly one point monthly two points weekly three points daily or almost daily is four points how often during the last year have you found that you were not able to stop drinking once you had started Mm, that's an old favorite every time (laughs) every time yeah so never zero points less than monthly one point monthly two points weekly three points Daily or almost daily, which is most of us, four points. So, yeah, that, that, that comes back to the old um, off switch, doesn't it? Can't yep. turn off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. How often during the last year have you failed to do what was normally expected from you because of your drinking? So zero points if it's never. Less than monthly, one point. Monthly, two points. Weekly, three points. Daily or almost every day, four points. 
how often during the last year have you needed an alcoholic drink in the morning to get yourself going after a heavy drinking session? Zero points if it was never. Less than monthly, one point. Monthly, one, two points. Weekly, three points. Daily or almost daily, four points. How often during the last year have you had a feeling of guilt or remorse after drinking? Mm. Never, zero points. Less than monthly, one point. Monthly, two points. Weekly, three points. Daily or almost daily, four points. I'm, for, I'm a four-pointer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think the majority mm-hmm. of us would be that. And then we get up and do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The definition right. of insanity. Yeah. <laughs> now we know better. <laughs> How often during the last year have you been unable to remember what happened the night before because you have been drinking? Never, zero points. Less than monthly, one point. Monthly, two points. Weekly, three points. Daily, almost every day, four points. Have you or somebody else been injured as a result of your drinking? And this is ever, okay? No, then zero points. No, um, and they're not doing it. So yes, but not in the last year is two points. And then yes, during the last year is four points. Has a relative or friend, doctor or other health worker been concerned about your drinking or suggested that you cut down? No, zero points. Um, Yes, but not in the last year is two points. And yes, during the last year is four points. Okay. So if you've been scoring that at home, Not to seven points, so any points at all, not to seven points, you are in the lower risk. Eight to 15 points, you are in increasing risk of dependence, this is. 16 to 19 points, you're higher risk of dependence. And 20 plus, you are possibly dependent. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that is is just a screening tool. Um, If you are scoring, you know, 25 plus, then and if you if you've if I suggest if you've answered yes to to all of them or the majority of them then you have a dependency. Here's a question for you: How many times before you actually got yourself sober did you do any of these surveys, hoping for a different answer? Oh, at least monthly. <laughs> at least monthly. <laughs> yeah, you think. Um, well, let's try a different one. Maybe they'll give me a different answer. Yeah. yeah. Nope. 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 They all gave the same answer. Yeah. You know. And I used to do this. Um, mm. I used to do this daily with patients in surgery. So daily mm-hmm. I do it with patients. So I wouldn't do it specifically me, but all the time I'd go in four points, four points, four points in my head, you know, yep. when I was doing it for them, but listening and focusing on them. But but cringing that my point was scoring higher than, than them. You know, and I was meant to be, or I was the professional guiding guiding them, which I did. I guided them, but they went home and did the opposite myself. But isn't that the old uh, do as I say and not as I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I read a, a great post today, not on the I Am Sober, but somewhere else. And she was saying she kept, <clears throat> excuse me. She would look at people knowing that her own drinking was 
starting to get out of hand thinking these were people who were dying from right. the alcohol use and she would calculate how many years they'd been drinking and how many years she'd been drinking and how many years she had left before she would get to that stage in denial because that is what we all do we are totally in denial that we are like the guy under the bridge with his little brown bag sipping out of the the bottle yeah we're a variation of it we're not that guy but we are inside that guy because Mm -hmm. we cannot give it up no um it's scary and you the, the times you try and justify your own drinking by saying well i don't drink we've we've read it I would mm-hmm. defy anybody who's not got sober to have not read something that says, well, I don't drink in the morning, so I'm not an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I only drink on Friday and Saturday. The fact that you can't remember Friday, Saturday and Sunday, once you've finished drinking, you know, I'm not an alcoholic. I only drink twice a week. Yeah, but how much do you drink twice a week? It, we just We try and justify our drinking. And these questionnaires, like I said, I would try different questionnaires hoping for a different outcome, the definition of insanity. You know, and it's like, if you don't like the answer you were given, let's go find another one. I might find one I like. No, <laughs> the answer is always going to be the same. Yeah. You yeah. are dependent I, yeah. on alcohol. Mm. And that's what I always came out as dependent on alcohol. And, yes. and you know, it is crazy because I've I've nursed, I've nursed people with Corsica psychosis, with drug-induced and alcohol-induced dementia, mm-hmm. with um, completely paralysed from a stroke following an, a seizure because of alcohol withdrawal. Um, you know, I've, I've been there, I've nursed these people, I've been through detox, I used to love working with people through detox and getting them through the delirium tremors and and working with them um yeah all the time I was separate that wasn't me I couldn't see me in that person I wasn't gonna let that happen to me um I'll but, stop before I get that far yeah 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 mm, delusions we tell ourselves that you yeah. know it's yeah. it's a huge we do live in denial until we can no longer live in denial. And everybody's, as they say in, 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 the, in the big book, in AA, everybody's bottom is different. And we're not talking about your ass, actually. <laughs> we're talking about your rock bottom. <laughs> everybody's rock bottom uh, is different. I mean, what was can you describe to me the day you decided you'd reach rock bottom and that was it no more of this it'd been brewing for a while um but the, the and i'd had some really really bad times but when i knew was through we we just come out of lockdown actually i'd been drinking through lockdown um I was I'd be getting up I'd started smoking again because my son was living at home and we have bad influence on each other um mm-hmm. or we were um so usually one of us would have a packet of cigarettes or some tobacco and um I was just not sleeping well because I was drinking probably you know and had a lot of stress and so I'd always wake up <laughs> at three, the magic three o'clock in yeah. the morning yeah and usually what I'd do is get up and go and sit outside because I never smoked in the house and I'd have a cup of tea and I'd have a cigarette 
And then this one morning, um, I actually had some wine. I didn't have any wine in the bottle left over because um, I always finished the bottle of wine but I had an extra bottle in the fridge that I hadn't opened ready for that that night so I opened it at 3am in the morning and I had a glass of wine a large glass of wine wine with my cigarette and that was just this has got to stop but what I had to do was to continue drinking that bottle of wine at 3am in the morning until it was finished which didn't take long it's probably like an hour hour and a half um mm-hmm. And I just drank it and smoked all my cigarettes that were left. I drank the bottle. I finished the pack. Um, and then that was it and decided that is it. I have mm-hmm. to stop. And that is when I stopped. I, I stopped drinking and smoking at that point. Um, I did then go and stay over with a friend. I stopped for about a month or so. And I went and stayed with a friend who we just drink. We just literally drink all the time. Yeah. and. And there I was drinking all night. I'd get up at 5am, I'd drink brandy. I just drank for the week that I was there. And then again, got to the end of that and said, that's enough. That's it. I've done it. That was my last blast. That was my binge. I have to stop. Um, and and that was it. I, I just stopped. Did you learn anything from that last binge? Yeah, that actually I didn't, because I'd stopped smoking and I still didn't smoke that week. Um, and the smoking and the alcohol went hand in hand for me. I had to do one to enjoy the other, um, really, most of the time. Um, and that actually, I didn't actually like the taste of alcohol. I didn't actually want alcohol. I also learned that I'd probably damaged my liver because I had so much pain in my liver area at the lower end of my ribs that I just thought, this is ridiculous. You've got to the point because, and I later found out through reading all the, the quick lit that we read that actually um, your liver um, is quite damaged when it swells. So your liver to swell and be pressing against your ribs and be causing pain is actually already quite damaged because liver pain doesn't come until it's quite, quite damaged. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was like my real, real wake up call then of like, this has to stop. You are actually killing yourself. No, and you're a medical professional. Mm. Yeah, you, it, it's it's crazy, isn't it? What we do, and that was your ten months ago this week. Yes, yes, be ten Friday, months, yeah. Friday, yeah, Friday, Friday, ten months, Saturday, yeah. Friday or Saturday. Yes, yeah. I know, yeah. ten months. Um, okay. and this anybody can find this scale by just typing in the word fast and Mm -hmm. alcohol and it will give it give them this questionnaire that you brought up there are even there are even more um there was one um because i was looking at some of them and there's several that you can go to and like i said we would do uh, directly but i would always look for a different questionnaire and see if i got a different result which i never did no um so it doesn't matter what questionnaire you use, folks, because if you're listening to us, it means you are dealing with an alcohol problem, an alcohol dependency yeah. problem, or you've got someone in the family dealing with an alcohol dependency. Not necessarily, we're not necessarily there for people who are giving up alcohol. We can be there yeah. for people with relatives who are trying mm-hmm. to give up alcohol. 
because it, it's a whole family affair type thing. But um, now, how long did you work with people in recovery? How many years did you work with people in recovery? Well, I worked in mental health nursing for 37 years. So throughout all of that career, um, I've worked with people who've had drug and alcohol problems um, because it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, so I, I think apart from probably do, 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 I, there was a time that I, worked, I I can probably take 10 years off of that for times that I worked in, in schools with children, um, although they wouldn't have the problem necessarily because these are little is some of the parents did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've probably take off, to, I'd say 27 years sort of on and off over 27 year period. I've worked with people with drug and alcohol problems and through the mental health because it comes under mental health. So they come into mental health hospitals for, for detoxes um, and for, for some rehab. So um so yeah, I mean it's changed latterly over the years. What they tend to do now is just a week in rehab and then go sort of into community settings. Um but in the early days, back in the eighties, that, that would be it. They would be in with us for, for a good sort of few months, really. Yeah. Um I was gonna ask a question now. I just forgot what I was gonna ask. I must be having a senior moment. Sorry, folks. Um, <laughs> um you <clears throat> You did your last binge. Mm. You came home. Was your son still living with you then or was he? Uh, yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you find it easy to be around him if he was still smoking or drinking? Yeah, so I'd stopped the cigarettes uh, a month by that point and I was taking nicotine replacement so I was okay with that I just um I, I sort of threw my cravings of that really and I carried on nicotine replacement till about December um so um yeah I was okay with with the smoking and the drinking I just I, I what made the huge difference to me on because that was obviously that was the 5th of August last year mm-hmm. um but I, I don't even know. I, I do not know how I found the I Am Sabre app. I, I cannot tell you. I think I was probably looking for sober communities and, and, and decided then I did have a problem. I'd known for years I had a problem, but um, I had on one occasion the year before spoken out to my then husband and my friend and said one night in tears, I have a problem. I have to. Um, I have to go to AA, I have to do something about this. And both my friend and my husband talked me out of it and told me that I didn't have a problem. And, and my friend, who's also a mental health nurse, even said, Karina, do you need to drink first thing in the morning? No. Well, you're fine then. You know, even she was yep. using, you know. And what I realised was um, that because I didn't need to drink in the morning at those times, um, but what I realised later was obviously if I'd admitted I had a problem, they would have had to admit that they had a problem because they drank just as much as me. Um, so I didn't go for help at that time, but I'd felt, you know, and I'd, I think I was looking up the AAs in my area and because of lockdown, things had changed and I stumbled across the I Am Sabre app and, um, and that was it. I joined and I have not looked back. Mm-hmm. Um, because from day one, I just had the support that, that I needed. I think I just went into the app store. I was looking for a counter 
you know, mm. some kind of counter to, to, to clock off my days sober. And I usually take the one with the best reviews and the I am sober and sober time. Those are the two that came up. So I joined both, actually. Yeah. I'd, already, I'd, uh, I'd already gone into Annie Grace by then. Mm. And there's a community side to um, the Annie Grace. And it's the Naked Mind community. And it's a, a similar kind of thing. A lot of people sharing and giving support. Because so, And the difference between now and in eight years ago when I first tried to get sober is there are so many resources out there for us that yeah. we've discovered um, that weren't there even as uh, as little as eight years ago. Mm. If they were there, I, I couldn't find them. You know, um, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about some fun stuff you've been doing and some fun stuff you've got coming up this week. In that uh, you are going to be doing your own interviewing. So let's take a quick yeah. break and then we'll yeah. get back. Uh, we'll just grab another cup of tea, folks, and we'll be back in a little while. So Karina and I will just step out to the dining car. See you in a little bit. Well, hello, folks. We are back. But before we get to the fun stuff, Karina has something she wants to say. <laughs> yes, serious stuff. Go on. Yeah, just to say to people, if they have done that test, don't panic. And if you're scoring high, don't panic. Or even if you're scoring low, but you think you want to do something about it, then it's okay. There are people out there to, to help you. Um, I would always recommend, really, especially if you are coming out alcohol dependent or having dependency, that you do speak to your medical practitioner because um, there is medication and that that can help you to detox off of the alcohol. Um, I know many of us have done it just to stop, but it can be quite dangerous and it can lead to fits and seizures and sort of vomiting and sort of people aspirating on their vomit and all sorts of nasty things. Um, so there is medication to stop those horrible physical effects. And there's also medication to help with the cravings as well um, that is weaned off. So you won't get addicted to another substance. It will be weaned off. Um, and even if you don't need any of that, it, it is always good to go and talk to your medical practitioner. I know many of us don't um you know look at me it took me nearly 10 months to admit to my doctor of being sober that and that i was sober and that i had a problem um or talk to, to anybody a friend a relative um or join a community join uh, you know we belong to i'm sober community you've already mentioned the annie grace this naked mind community there are lots of sober communities out there so just go and join a community and just talk to people um there's a 30-day experiment with any grace which i think is still free and online yeah mm -hmm. so yeah. Uh, yeah, so that some I didn't do that, but some people found it quite helpful because you can say, well, actually, I'm just stopping for 30 days and I'll see how I feel at the end and doesn't feel quite so gigantic then. Um, but the majority of people feel so good at the end that they would sort of continue with their sobriety. Um, and also look on the Sober Town podcast. There's lots of information on here um, about books to read. There's the toolkit um, that's written. Um, and there's lots of podcasts on here as well with really helpful advice and tools. But get yourself connected. You, you know, you probably 
if you're anything like myself and Polly at the end, you're drinking um, or solitary, you're on your own with it. You don't have to be on your own in sobriety. You really, really don't. It's so important that you reach out and you talk to others and you get connected because it will make the journey so much easier. There is actually a community within the UK for anyone who's over there. Um, if you if you Google Club Soda, they actually do do some online resources. They've got a community as well. Um, they've got um, little courses you can do. Um, they send motivational, little motivational things uh, for you to have every day. There's they 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 review alcohol free drinks. They give you ideas for alcohol free drinks and things like that. And these are. And they actually have a resource of people who want to be alcohol free yet work in mm. the industry. So, I mean, there's a lot of information from that one. That was a new one I've just found. And like I say, if anybody wants it, if you Google Club Soda UK um, and there's uh, you can do join Club Soda and you can join their club. It's, it's another resource. There are so many communities popping up out there to give you help. And as Karina said, the best person to talk to is actually your primary care GP. Um, a lot of people are frightened too. And um, I was at first, it took a lot of courage. But um, how long did it take you to talk to your GP, Karina? Well, I, as I say, I spoke to him the other day and said to him, I'm 10 months sober. And it wasn't actually my normal GP. It was a registrar um, because I was I just felt that I could talk to him because I was never really asked. Well, I think I possibly might have been asked, do you drink? And it's like, yeah, but it would be like, you know, two to three times a week. Sort of. I'd always stick within the 14 units, which I was drinking, you know, mostly on a Saturday you know? <laughs> yeah. um, because I just wouldn't. I just that they don't are, and I think the reason I told the doctor also, because um, I was talking about blood pressure, we we're talking about cholesterol. Um, I wanted to, I'd wanted to tell him actually that I wanted to lower my cholesterol through diet because I was ten months sober and I'd been drink um, eating loads of rubbish. But I didn't get round to that bit about telling me you know, that I do eat loads of rubbish. I was just spouting <laughs> off about sobriety and how wonderful it was and blah de blah de blah. Um, as you said, in one of our, our Zooms, I doctored the doctor because yeah. I actually said, do you know what, doctor? Three and a half million people have died since COVID started. <laughs> Three million people die a year of alcohol. <laughs> I think he's probably got a good oh, idea of it if he's, any, if, he, if he's a doctor yeah. with any worth his salt. But there was something yeah. else you wanted to say. What was that? Um. But I, 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 was it? the other thing that I've noticed, the other, the other thing that um, is big in the UK um, is something called drink aware. So drink aware are good. They do a lot of the alcohol um, detox and stuff over here. You can get little counters and just track what you're drinking. Just if you want to track your units and that, you can do that. It's a free app. Um, you can put buzzers on if you're near a place that might, you know, pull you in. Um, to be honest, I did that for a good year and it didn't do, I mean, it was good um it was good don't get me wrong but it wasn't as good because you don't have a community you can connect to and what i've noticed recently 
is, you know, as you come into the supermarkets or hypermarkets, whatever you call over there, we have these great big, massive, massive posters sort of advertising alcohol. Huge, they are, absolutely yep. huge. But, I mean, probably if, we, if you look at an American fridge freezer, probably about two, three times the size of that big mm-hmm. banner. And right at the bottom, a smaller than a ruler size, is drinkaware.com. Check the facts. <laughs> so they have started to put that on there, at least. I mean, it's it's, it's in the fine print like everything else, <laughs> everything isn't it? That they don't yeah. want you to really take notice of. No, it's like no. anything that you get um, insurance policies, they always say, read the fine print. You deal with a, a solicitor or a lawyer or whatever, read the fine print. Yeah. <laughs> Any kind but of contract. You know, yeah. yeah, but you know what? There's no fine print on alcohol, is there? No, and cigarettes, you here's here's the thing with cigarettes, mm. you've got a, a warning on the pack of cigarettes, but there is no warning on a bottle of alcohol, any kind. And how many times have you picked up a bottle of wine and you've had to hunt for what the percentage of alcohol is because it's sometimes it's so small or yeah. it's sideways along the label where you can barely mm-hmm. see it. Yeah. Until you get to know your wine, that's my bottle, so I know where it is. Sort it's, of yeah. thing. But yeah. no, there are no warnings on alcohol. Um, and yet, how much, this is probably a discussion for another time, but we had so much that money was spent on smoking-related diseases. Mm. But there is nothing that said how much is spent on alcohol related no. No. because it's just it, if not it it's so accessible like cigarettes were i mean you can go down the corner you can buy a bottle of wine and a pack of cigarettes both in the same place yeah you know the yeah. two things that do the most damage to your health outside of yeah. illegal drugs etc yeah. and they're both legal yeah and, and the other thing was as well, it's coming back to the COVID thing as well, I know, but um, it was something like, I think it was 790 people died in April in the UK of COVID. It was something like 40,000 people died of um, heart-related disease. Yeah. And we know alcohol causes heart-related disease. And yeah. um, when we look at deaths, you know, we look at the 3 million deaths per year from alcohol. That doesn't include suicide, that is just alcohol physical related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what about all the suicides because of alcohol? You know. And so, the yeah, um, and I've got COPD. Yes, I did smoke, but I also drank heavily, and alcohol does play a part in COPD. Mm, which I didn't know until you mm-hmm. told me about that. Mm-hmm. Because we yeah. don't know, do we? How many times, yeah, how many times when you're drinking heavily are you wheezing, Mm. struggling to breathe? Yeah, true. It happens, but. Yeah. Anyway, folks, we. Just one more question. Yeah. The fun stuff. I just want to say, um, if if we looked at the top 10 killers, according to the World Health Organization. Yeah. um, From one to ten i mean we know the answer to this but just just think at the people out there listening if you don't know where would you put smoking related deaths in the top 10 where where would it be most people would put them at one yeah and it is in fact 
the sixth biggest killer. Mm-hmm. And where do you think people put alcohol? Probably lower than cigarettes because they don't relate. They don't. They're not shown enough about the uh, the detriments of alcohol. No. So they would probably but, put alcohol at around about a number seven or an eight because yeah. it's more it's, it's it's thought of more as a social thing. Mm. Nicotine is thought of as more as a habit, uh, a bad habit. Alcohol mm. is not thought of as a bad habit. It's sort of more as a social thing. So people yes. would probably put it quite low down the list, even at number yeah. 10. And, and as you've said, sort of, you know, that we have all the, the guards against the cigarettes, all the pictures, all the warnings on alcohol. Mm-hmm. We have, oh, it's made from the finest grain or the finest grape and it's flavoured in this way and flavoured in that. It's actually the third biggest killer in the world. Yeah. Um, so it is a serious, serious problem. Yes. And that's, it, that's why we're here. Yes. And we hope we haven't scared the living heck out of you. <laughs> um, please. We are living proof that there is life after alcohol. Karina and I, within the last 12 months, have given up alcohol and we feel so much better for it. I had the courage to talk to my doctor, who turned out to be so much of a wonderful support. It was a surprise, actually. Uh, but it And it takes courage, but Nothing ventured and nothing gained. And what you gain is a wonderful life of which our friend here, Karina, is having an amazing time. You had a wonderful weekend, didn't you, out on your Bumblebee Can-Am? I did. It was you amazing. even went to the pub. I went to the pub twice, yeah, on Saturday. <laughs> once for breakfast and once for lunch. And, um, yeah, it was fantastic. We had pints of... Uh, of lemonade and pints of lime and cider, which I absolutely adore. And it was funny, you know, we, when we were sat at the pub at lunch, there was these four people on the table behind us. And there was two ladies and two gentlemen, probably a little bit older, probably, you know, sort of mid-60s, I'd say. And the two men had obviously been out on a very energetic bike ride. You know, they pulled up and, like, they were quite, you know, sweating and really sort of... But, but fit men, they weren't sort of, like, old and puffing and, and, and overweight and puffing and panting. They were quite fit. They obviously had a really good bike ride. And then they got four big plates of fish and chips and two glasses of wine and two pints <laughs> And I was sitting there going to my dish, I'll go and tell them that they're poisoning them. (laughs) (laughs) That they're wasting all their cycling they've just done. (laughs) They're just pouring all the calories back in that they've just peddled on. I mean, we've all done that one, haven't we? Um, We used to... I used to look at the food I was eating in the daytime so as I could uh, take my calories from my alcohol. Oh, oh, God, dreadful. That was the worst. And, and, And I used to eat organic. I still do. But I used mm-hmm. to eat organic and then healthy. <laughs> and 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 some I even went towards the end, I started buying organic wine. I mean, what the beach? <laughs> Trying to be healthy. <laughs> <laughs> we are the we, uh, uh, we're human is the, the best description of this. People say, What were you thinking of? We're human. We, you know, yeah. sometimes we don't think we do stupid stuff. And um, you know, the times that I, I mean, I've been a Weight Watcher for eight years and I used to eat as many zero point foods as I could so as I could drink my wine in the evening and not go over my daily points. I mean, crazy, crazy stuff we've all done. And yes, no, I'm not an alcoholic. I, uh, you know, I eat healthy. 
<laughs> yeah. good stuff. And, yeah, you. Yeah. Look, I, th- I wonder what their reaction would have been if you'd have gone and said, "Do you realise what you're consuming there? You know, <laughs> all all that cholesterol in your fish and chips, oh, and the salt God. that you're putting on your chips, and then look at the alcohol. Yes, that you, you're yeah. eating eating crap and drinking poison. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then, and then, and uh, and then we went to well I'm going to get a bit of a mission I think I might even go to TikTok for this <laughs> you might you might see me pipping up on TikTok I went into one toilet to do a little wee as as us women do when we're drinking pints of lime and soda oh my gosh yes and on on the back of the door said have yourself a raspberry gin and feel fabulous <laughs> and I'm like oh. <laughs> So I'm either going to get a graffiti pen or I've been actually been looking into skull and crossbone stickers that I can start plastering. We need ladies' rooms and slap them all over the wall. A bit it's like rubbish. Yeah. Who's the guy who does all the graffiti in the UK that nobody's seen? Um, oh, yeah, a Banksy. Banksy. Yeah, Banksy. You could go and do a Banksy all over the toilets in the UK. And yes. um, maybe we could get some of our ladies from our groups to, yes. to start this this off. Let's do this. Because um, here's a funny one. We talk about our toilet conversations. So. <laughs> How many, and there are, a lot of, there are a lot of ladies amongst who, who listen here. And the guys will probably be laughing at us. Um, who have these conversations in the bathroom? You know, you can, you know, they're in the bathroom because you can hear all this echoing in the background. Can't you? There's, no, there's no privacy in a in a bathroom. Oh. And, um, we we're starting to have these conversations, and I think you said to someone, maybe we should just go in the bathroom anyway, yeah. <laughs> even even if we're not tempted, and say. I'm in the bathroom now. I'm slapping a sticker on the wall. <laughs> yes, that would be fantastic. Yes. <laughs> and then the people go, them bloody women have been here again. <laughs> it would be hysterical. So, yeah, it's been. And then this week, you've got some fun stuff. You had a wonderful weekend. The weather's been nice in the UK it's for been a change. Believe it or not, in Texas, it's cold and it's wet, very wet. We're having colder temperatures than you lot. Yeah. I spoke with my my son and daughter-in-law just before we started the podcast, and they're both sat in the garden, sun shining and everything, Mm -hmm. enjoying the the holiday. I'm thinking, my gosh, yeah. And I look out the window and it's pouring with rain. But this week, you've had a nice weekend and now you've got a fun week ahead because you are going to be doing your interviews. I am. I am. Because um, Polly, kindly, bless you. I was in a bit of an anxious state last week, but you Zoomed with me and taught me how to use Zoom and record from my phone. So um, I'm kind of a fay with that now. Um, I'm, I'm later in the week. I am going to go and down to Essex, my old stomping ground. Um, so I'm not going to be zooming on this one, actually. I'm actually going to go down and meet Shiki from I Am Sober. Um, yeah, we broke out into um, the room on Zoom um, on Saturday, Wednesday, last Wednesday. And I discovered he was from Essex, and I'm from Essex. And so he's an Essex boy, I'm an Essex girl. And um, there's a decade between us we both grew up in the same era and as you know I've had this um yearn on looking about the decades and the drinking 
um, yes. and I thought it'd be really cool to go and do an interview with him to look at his experience of drinking, my experience of drinking, same towns, different genders. Because I went to school in the town that he actually lives in now, so it's a small yes. world. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be looking at that. I've also spoken to my parents at the weekend to look at what it was like in the 50s, 60s. Um, so I've got some information on that. So that should be quite exciting. We're going to look at, at the decades and, and, and look at the age thing related to alcohol and drinking on the street is the big thing. Um, so I'm going to go and be meeting him. I will also be Zooming um, at some point, and um, we've had to reschedule because of work commitments, um, with 10 seconds at a time. Um, Ooh, that should be interesting, the follow-up. Yeah, so I'm going to do an off-the-cuff with her as well. So really, really looking forward to, to that. Um, obviously, I'm not meeting her because she's in America. <laughs> it's a bit far <laughs> it would be quite nice, though, wouldn't it, to be in the same room? It would, it would. <laughs> but, but with Zoom, it does feel like it. I mean, yeah. it's just sitting and chatting in the kitchen really isn't it but well, it's like yeah <laughs> it's like our zooms on a um many people uh, don't know we do some uh, ladies only zooms there's not been many of us just a few of us but it's nice to have the connection with other women and i did two last friday and by the time i went to bed friday night i felt like i'd had two lovely girls girly times and it it felt good um, sitting and chatting, especially because we've all got this common ground. We've all mm. got this in common. But not just that, getting to know other people and they letting us share their struggles with them and give feedback. Because I had a another... Oh, Another emotional time because as you, we did that podcast and then you hopped off the train and I carried on with Mr. Drifter. And once again, we went through something and I discovered that although I'd done my interview and then I did the, I'd not done a follow up actually. Mm. But like, um, Rags, who did hers and did her follow-up, she went and re-listened to her interview. And it it really opens up other, you think, oh, yeah, mm. I remember that. Um, and you start, it helps you re-examine, actually, yeah. um, your story. And uh, it was good for me. I've enjoyed it. And I'm reaching a point whereby I'm losing a lot of fear um, it's like you just said about me showing you how to do the podcast. This is something that I've taught myself. I mean, I have worked in communication, so I'm not completely oblivious to what goes on. Um, not oblivious or I do know some things. I've got a few <laughs> brain cells up there. I always say to Dan when he says something to me, I said, oi, I said, my hair's silver. This isn't a blonde. And that's really <laughs> because we know blondes are not dumb. It's just an expression, another of those yeah. horrible expressions that we've we've come across. Um, and the biggest thing I am learning in all of this is don't fear fear. Mm. Don't fear something new because if you fear it, like now you're comfortable with podcasts, you're enthusiastic to 
to do these interviews. It, it doesn't frighten you anymore. And you and I have talked enough um, in these little uh, ones that we do that we both feel comfortable talking to other people. I don't think we've ever been uncomfortable talking to other people. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk. Shut up. <laughs> Gosh, yes. <laughs> and um, <coughs> excuse me. And I'm learning that if I can't do it, that's fine. Yeah. Just, you know, it's, it's nothing bad. And I, I read a wonderful article yesterday about uh, not fearing fear. Because if you start letting fear cripple you, you will never move forward. No. And we've moved so far forward from where we were last year. We're in mm -hmm. a whole new world. I mean, look at the things we've taken on. We, we are in the app. We ventured into Zooms, which was putting ourselves and our faces out there for people to see because we go on about anonymity, but we do these Zooms and guess what? <laughs> when we do them, we're no longer anonymous. Um, no. You and I are because this is just a, a voice recording. But when we do our Zooms um, with other people from the app, we lose our anonymity because all mm. of a sudden we're seeing other people. But I don't feel bad about it. I don't know about you. How's your feelings on that one? No, I, I love it. I think it's it's great. And and do you know what? Um, I, one of the things I've learned as well is that I can't I can't always be there and be everywhere. Um, but and I hadn't been zooming for a bit, mostly at weekends, but because that's my time with Andy at the moment. And um, but when I listened to Rags Nymus, like Rags's follow up, and she said about when she goes to Zooms and she sees Sarah's face, um, sees Imus's face, and she's like, oh, she just loves to see her face, and it brightens her day. Mm -hmm. So I thought, yeah, yeah, it does. Just seeing somebody, so we're not doing it for us; we're doing it for other people as well because it is exciting to see your friends because they are out out there, virtual friends. But we're, it doesn't feel like that. We're friends, you know. Um, and and it's things like as well when I'm doing I, I I post I stopped posting quite a bit and I'm so because I couldn't always get back to everybody but now I'm mm -hmm. learning that that's okay people get something from my post I don't always have to respond and um and it's okay so yeah and anyone who's new in I am sober please do not stress I mean I've been through that one you know people mm -hmm. reply to your post so you feel like you've got to go and reply and say thank you even if it's just to say thank you um, or if they've put a post, you've got to go and put your response um, because we're very vulnerable with our feelings when we first come into sobriety. We're very unsure. <clears throat> um, well, I don't think I've ever really been unsure. <laughs> it's, it's an awful thing to say, really. Um, no one likes to feel judged. and we, we worry that we're going to be judged when we come into these things, because we've reached a point of extreme vulnerability. Mm. We are opening ourselves up and to open yourselves up to admit. No one likes to admit that they've got a problem with anything. And the moment you do admit it, yes, it's a huge weight off your shoulders. The relief of once for the first time saying, I've got a problem. Yeah. And sharing it. Mm. You did that. Yeah. In a Zoom. Yeah. 
I did, yeah. I did just opened up and it was just like, yes, it just came to me. And I admitted to myself and everybody else was the first time in 22 years that I had an alcohol problem. And um, and then it comes back as well to our, our book, The um, the Boy and the Mole and the Horse and the Fox. And it, yes. you know, what, what's the bravest thing you've ever said? Help. And it is really a brave thing to ask for help. But there are lots of people. Yeah, I love your T-shirt. It was for Red Nose Day, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah fantastic yeah that's yes. brilliant you got that so yeah so, yeah so the, and there is help out there but you have to ask we don't know unless you come forward and um you know we found the app we got help we helped each other and i'm not gonna let polly get away with this I'm not telling you <laughs> it's mentioned the last year <laughs> So I'm just going to put it out there that actually on Wednesday, it will be one whole year. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And our Mr. Drifter also is a year on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. 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 um, People will say, oh, my God, a whole year, 365 days. But. As you know, once the momentum starts, it's a bit like when you're rolling that snowball down the hill. Yeah. It gathers speed and mm. it gets, and the feelings get bigger and bigger and better and better yeah. uh, as time goes on. And I have to admit, um, these kind of things are making the time go fast, doing the podcast, giving back, um, talking to other people, air groups, air ladies groups, you don't need to go and seek distraction because we've all got each other and we're all there for each other. And the time just flies once you get past that certain, I would say the 90 day mark, which is yeah. the, the tough part, the 90 day mark. But I think once you finally admit, and it's like with the 12 steps, um, and once you finally admit to yourself and someone else that you've got a problem, they say to God, but admitting to yourself and to other people that you've got a problem, it takes it takes a huge burden off your shoulders because they always say a problem shared is a problem halved. Mm-hmm. And it's true. And I don't know about you, the the unbelievable support, even on a crummy day. in that community is amazing and like you say join these communities you know get involved in these communities because this is your support network because a lot of us don't want to go to AA it's not a fear of turning I, I don't have a fear of telling anybody I have an alcohol problem I just I think and it's awful to say I think it's my perceptions of AA that it's it's a very masculine environment and that's me talking not anybody else um aa meetings are very good for the right person and it's got to be the right fit and i can't honestly say i i fit but this i fit Mm. no this this fits my misfit I think that's that's really important to say, though, isn't it? Because we've, you know, we've all tried before. We've all tried many times before, and whatever we've done hasn't worked. 
Um, and so it's a, it is a case of shopping around, you know, shop around as if you were shopping around for your best bottle of wine, shop around like that for your sobriety, um, you know, put the same effort in for, for finding your sobriety as you would to, to buy a by alcohol if you're just at the moment now thinking of giving up you know find the community find the tools that are right for you don't give up if something doesn't work try something else um but there is help out there so i think it's looking facing up to the fact that there there is a problem um that asking for help and and just reaching out and getting involved um and you know you can stay on is um a lot of people and a lot of the communities you don't have to get fully involved you can just you can watch the communities you know look ahead at milestones follow other people see how they're doing see what works for them and just do the right fit for you what works for you that's and it yeah because i mean guys you don't go out and buy the first car you see you shop around until you find mm. one that fits ladies we don't buy the first dress we see we take a week to try them all on <laughs> I was going to say shoes, actually. Shoes. shoes. <laughs> oh, my God, shoes. I think I've just bought four pairs of shoes. Gosh. Yes, I just bought four pairs of shoes. And it's lovely. Wow. I like it. I like yes. it. So, but You can uh, do it now not feel guilty because I look at those it. shoes and say, that would have been two bottles of wine. Yes. You know, that's two days of drinking. At least, yes, let's have those shoes. <laughs> And I have been to a podiatrist to get my feet taken care of. I've never done that in my life. So that's how I ended up with new shoes. And the podiatrist told me I needed them. So that justifies me by. (laughs) Yes, you've got a good excuse. I was just thinking something quickly before we end. You know what you're saying about our girls Zoom and that. And it was a bit like having a girls evening in. I think we should all turn up with face packs or something on Friday on our next Zoom. And in have your a little robe. In your, in your, <laughs> yeah, in in your jammies. Yeah. Yep, we'll turn up in our jammies. Um, yeah, with our face packs on. Yeah, that would be fun. So we could, <laughs> we'll have a spa evening, I think. Yes. Yeah. Anybody want to sit and do their nails? They can while we're zooming, yep. you know. Yeah. Get, get your feet in the little massager, whatever. Yeah, we'll have a spa day because yeah. like, anybody listening to this before Friday, Karina and I spoke earlier. This Friday is going to be what we call a fun Friday. Yes, giving up alcohol is serious. The emotions are serious, but we can still have fun. So, ladies, it will be fun Friday. So we want to know what fun stuff you do now that you're sober that you didn't get to do when you were lying on the sofa plastered. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're going to have fun Friday. So Karina and I are about to climb off the train and we will get together again soon. And we will look forward to Karina's interview with Shiki. And it's Essex reunited this week by the sounds of it. So, <laughs> so from myself, Polly, I wish you a happy time, a happy sober time. And from my colleague and fellow traveller, Karina, I wish you a safe, happy and sober week. Have a good one. Take care, folks.